named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Sam Hunter from Home Search. I'm joined as ever by Mark Warren from Love to Move. Mark, good morning. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were doing there, but that's good. At least we're both on our toes this morning. <laughs> um, Did you go to the pub yesterday? I didn't go to the pub yesterday. I, well, I must admit, I was I was tempted to drove to the hairdressers at lunchtime and drove past. I was like, oh, but no, I uh, I'm going to wait till this weekend at least. I think and uh, and have a couple of beers with the boys on uh, Saturday afternoon. Very the nice. wife is in for a massage. The boys are going to stay with their nans. We've got date night Friday. Have a couple of beers in the pub with uh, some of the lads on, on Saturday afternoon for an hour or so. So, yeah, it feels like normality is starting to return. Yeah, very good. I, I would concur with that. I um, it was a very sort of European feeling around my area last <laughs> night, where people were flowing out in the streets. There was like an air of spilt beer and ciggies. Uh, <laughs> so, even though it was snowing early in the morning, and then it turned into a pretty nice day out there. Um, it does feel like the world's getting a little bit back to normal um which is an exciting thing and uh, you know something that we probably were saying this time uh not quite this time last year but soon after and then you know it's been a long winter so hopefully we can uh long long may the rest of normal life continue but i think you know state agency wise we were saying off air this morning that um there's not i don't think too much has changed it's still pretty busy out there stocks still pretty tight i was looking at um some Aussie market statistics. Uh, so similar story in Australia to here, it's gone absolutely bananas. Um, but it's now, now stock levels are starting to saturate again. So, right, uh, really. which is, it's a, I, I think you can look at that two ways. You can look at it as everyone is thinking it's nearing the peak. So they're like, oh, we better get on the market now. Um, or all the hard work that agents have been doing over the last six to eight months is coming off and people are actually starting to listen to them. So I think it's a combination of two. Um, you know, the right level of stock is always a really good thing because people still make competitive offers, but they don't feel like they're being jilted um, mm-hmm. by missing out on one after the next after the next. And um, that's sometimes a good thing. So um, it's only when, you know, everybody starts coming to the market and prices start to be too high and everyone's got choice to things then start to correct. Um, and I think that's probably a while off yet. And I don't think, I don't I mean, Certainly from what we're seeing, listings are really low, um, almost across the board. Um, flats in London are really strong, but they're just not moving because everyone's moving out of London rather than buying in London. Yeah, of course. Um, everything else we're seeing is, yeah, stuff gets on the market and goes within 10 days if it's if it's priced really well. Um, yeah, same thing we were talking about last week, price reductions are happening more than where we've seen sort of in the last few months. But I think that's just because people are adjusting quicker. So that potentially there's right. a bit of a, a um, better guard of agents out there who you know are, are testing the waters early, but then nipping that in the bud as soon as they're not getting that early result. Price realignment, Sam. Come on, the importance of language, my friend. Price realignment. Um, yeah, we've we've seen um, sales be really strong. Um, we were analysing just yesterday, the previous week, and. We sold, I think actually we sold more houses that looked to move um, over last week, including the Easter Bank holiday than maybe we, we ever have done. Um, we came in on the Tuesday and we did take the time, the whole team took the time over over the Easter weekend. And of course, because our system puts buyers and sellers in direct contact, we didn't stop the sellers selling their own houses. So um, I think we had 12 properties offered on eight agreed eight, nine or 10, something like that. It was, it was, you know, decent numbers for us. The actual sale agreed just over the weekend and that then continued in into the rest, rest of the week. So 
and really encouraging. And one of one of my team just kept saying, "Mark, we don't have any properties left. We don't have any properties left." I'm like, "Not a problem. Don't worry. The properties will come." Um, but just a sign that the 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 market is still there. That we've still got the challenge of um, some agents overvaluing. Um, but we've we've discussed that in in detail, and we are definitely taking a marketing strategy where we will be testing the market because I think still as agents and then ultimately as homeowners as well it, it's quite challenging to to pick the right price because prices are rising you know so so quickly at the moment yeah agreed um and you've got to just i guess as an agent sort of ride that wave as as, as long as it happens you know but at the same time thinking in your back pocket we, we had a conversation in the business yesterday about what our goals are over the next eight weeks you know um mm. and how we did really well in Q1, but it was um, probably a little bit more frantic than it needed to be because we didn't control our time quite as well. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a real focus on, um, I was talking to Dan this morning, I was like, we just got to keep things simple and specific. That's our mantra for the next sort of eight weeks um, is what does keeping it simple look like? What does keeping it specific look like for ourselves? What do we got to do today? Who are we talking to today? What appointments do we need to confirm? You know, what do we need to prepare before we go into every meeting to make sure that the other side gets everything that they need out of it, whether it's a training session, whether it's a new business pitch, whether it's another sort of meeting, whether it's a one-to-one internally. Um, And then what does keeping it simple look like? You know, what are our core questions that we need to ask? You know, so coming back to the point that you make already, one of the questions that we're asking everybody now is how many evaluations do you need to be doing every week? Mm -hmm. Because we we can work backwards from that number into where they should be investing into everything that they do with us, you know? Whereas if we just went in there and we're like, we're going to talk to you about, you know, what buttons to click on a Tuesday morning, um, then we're not doing ourselves and we're not doing them a service. So simple and specific is our mantra. And I think if you're listening to this, you know, as a agent on the way to striving towards that sort of world-class, it's, that's not a terrible mantra to adopt as well. What does simple look like? Telling everybody that it's the strongest market you've seen in a really long time. Stock is still really scarce, which means the buyers don't have a choice, which naturally pushes your price up. If yeah. you're thinking of selling, yesterday was the best time. You know, <laughs> We've got a limited window until the stamp duty comes out again, but we're actually getting stuff through now because solicitors are, are used to working under this level of pressure. You know, our, We've improved yeah. our process because of the volume. They've improved their process. It's much smoother now. Prices are stronger. You know, we've been talking, hopefully they've been talking to them for, for a while now, but it's like we've been talking for this amount of time. Let's make sure that we get this done. It's interesting that you talk about figures, you know, how many valuations do you need to be doing a week? Well, that can direct, we've been doing a bit of work on the business and that can directly, you know, you can relate how many valuations, to how many instructions, to how many sales agreed, to how many sales completed to earnings. So, you know, the figures on, on the businesses, it's a really interesting question to open any conversation with a potential um, business for you, I'm sure. But I wanted to just come back to what you said about you know being simple and specific. The book I've been reading um, talks about leadership being simple but not easy. And actually, I've been talking to our team about that. And I think the word simple um, can almost sum up certain parts of estate agency. A lot of estate agents, they could probably say, you know, estate agency is simple but not easy. We tend to say it's not rocket science, but um, it can get complicated by um, becoming really busy and the volume and um, you know not scheduling stuff and, and these sorts of things. So I think that simplicity to take it back to basics or forward to basics is you know one of the things that I've heard on on something that I've listened to because I think that's a real art and sometimes within the business and I'm sure within any business and within any industry we can overcomplicate it unnecessarily. Um, and I think that's really important when there is a lot of noise in the market and people are seeing so much activity to bring it forward to basics and to keep your pitch simple and you know just talk to clients about their position and tell a couple of stories in there but don't overcomplicate it yeah exactly right um there's a it's interesting you said tell a couple of stories because if there's one thing that every good agent's got to tell right now it's plenty of stories about what's happened in the last eight months so pick the ones that relate to the person on the other side of the table from you in that moment, tell a couple and say, does that make sense? You know, I don't want to overcomplicate this. You know, we just have a strategy that we put in place and we make sure that we get as many people in competition with each other, you know, and then their want for your home and the fact that there's none others on the market like it helps with the price. But we only get to that point if you implement ABC that we've just run through now with our agency and it's 2%. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now.
<laughs> well, let's, I think I think it's very powerful. It's very um, very good stuff that people can take and, and adopt and you know, put into um, effect straight away. Um, but let's dive in and introduce today's guest, shall we? Let's do it. Today's guest knows the North Manchester property market like no other. He's a stalwart of a state agency for the last 22 years, and he's someone who was active in his support of his local community before it was cool. Uh, he's known as our industry as one of the true good guys. He's into his prop tech. He's into his training. He loves a bit of social media, and he's broken his contract with a rival niche UK estate agency podcast to join us this morning. Mr. David Mintz, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. It is great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you thank for you not much. wearing pink. We appreciate it. Yeah, do you know what? Don't tell Simon I'm not wearing pink today. He gets very upset. <laughs> it's just don't, um, don't I, tell... I, I can't really pull that colour off. I can do I can do black, I can do white, nowhere in between, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, don't don't tell him you're here. I'm sure he doesn't listen, so we should be all right with that. Um, but let's let's start right at the beginning, 22 years um, ago, David. What what got you into the into the business? What got you into a state agency, and, and how did you fall in love with it? Um, okay, so I think what got me into it, uh, and this is an answer that most people give when you ask them about how they got into a state agency, they'll they'll all use in in bunny ears the the term um, I fell into it or, or I, it happened by mistake. But um, I had a friend called Jeremy. I have no idea where he is today, by the way. But we were sixteen at the time, and I was round at his house, and his mum was going on at him about why you never turned up for your after school job last week um, and she used to work at an estate agency so she she basically organized him um, a little bit of uh, an after school job where he earned a little bit of money um, doing things that estate agencies needed uh, juniors to do in those days um, and her they, they were having this this mad blazing row in front of me and her answer to that was, I bet if I asked David if he'd take that job, he'd snap, he'd snap at it. And I said, yep, I'll be there on Monday. And she thought I was being funny. I turned up at half four on a Monday afternoon after school. And um, she realized that I was serious about it. So, yeah, my first job was, was really interesting because it was in the days before um, color printers. So if estate agents wanted photographs on their listings, they used to take them with a traditional camera, send them off to be printed, and they would develop those films with a sticky back. This is way before your time, Mark. I can see it's going over your head here. <laughs> it used to have a, literally used to unpeel the, the back of it, and it had an adhesive. And my job was to stick photos of properties to, to photocopy detail sheets. Nice. So, um, that's what I did. And then I think one thing led to another. The, the phones were ringing one day. I ended up picking up one of the phones. I arranged a viewing. I did the viewing. I sold the house. And the rest is history. Um, and, and, and that's how I sort of fell into it. Well done. By stealing your best, stealing your best friend's job. <laughs> yeah, I, at the time he he really didn't he really didn't want it. So I I ended up doing more of that job than I should have done my A levels and and everything else. So I I pretty much spent most of my time um, working, and I really I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed that sense of responsibility. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that the people that I I worked for at the time. Um, through no, I don't think they planned it this way, but they, they sort of gave me enough rope to, to do what I wanted at the time. And then they just threw me in the deep end. So once they worked out that I could do a viewing um, and I could be trusted with the keys to a house without burning it down, well, then, then that was it. I could do everything after that. So I, I got some really good on the tools um, experience at a very, very young age. Um, so much so that I chose to forgo going to university um, and doing anything else that my friends at the time were doing. I became uh, a grumpy, fat, 40-year-old estate agent, um, which ironically is exactly where I am today. <laughs> um, take us back. So I'm interested to know uh, the differences between your first day, so that 4.30 on the job, back you know 
when you're mildly more fresh faced and, and youthful and you hadn't understood how this industry can just sort of age you. Yeah. Um, how different was your first day to what people at Normie and Co go through on their first day now? Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, the, the job is very different um, in as much as I think technology's evolved tremendously since then. Um, a CRM system in those days was, I suppose we used to call it a database or, or something like that. We, we spoke of, of the ability to do a mail merge in, in hallowed terms, like it was the, um, you know, the, the holy grail that we'd all been searching for. Um, it was a means to an end, but I think every negotiator had a box on their desk that full of index cards back in those days that they'd inherited from the last guy that had sat there. Um, and there was no real way to tell whether or not those people had ever been contacted or wanted to be contacted. Um, and so I think, yeah, if you were to throw somebody into this business today and throw them into the business I started in, I would like to think it's much more of a soft landing today um, in as much as we, we've got the tools to make our life as a state agents easier. Um, don't get me wrong, just like the index box, that phone ain't going to ring itself. You know, you need to do mm. some of the work. Um, and and the uh, the technology, though, is, has, has been a game changer. And I'd say that the technology, as you guys will, will both know, particularly Sam, I think technology has come on leaps and bounds in the last five years. Forget about 10 or 15. Um, I think the evolution that we have is, is, is extremely quick these days. I'm really interested in the a couple of things you said there, the tech and about the phone not ringing itself, David. So um, I'm sure there's a, a number of agents in the industry and maybe a few that, that listen to this that have that same problem within their business. You put tech in and still the agents that work within the business don't pick the phone up, they don't do the prospecting. So how do you deal with that with your team? How do you motivate them um, to, to start the prospecting and then, how, and then continue it consistently? Okay, so I, I think it's probably fair to say that if there's one thing we're not amazing at here um, is prospecting. Um, okay. it, it's something that we've spent money on. Uh, so Stephen Brown did a, a whole day with us um, a few years ago, um, and it's tremendous. I, I, I consider this to be one of those industries that is not for shrinking violets you know if you are not willing to put yourself out there then you have no place in the state agency there's a reason why we have a reputation and it's not necessarily for 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 bad dealings it's just the fact that we are slightly louder than everybody else and, and we have to be um and and i think that a lot, a lot of us, um, and still maybe in, in sort of provincial pockets of the world, are, are we're still a little bit shy. Um, I was thinking about this this morning. Um, maybe Sam won't agree with this. I don't know. But the reason why, in my opinion, Australian um, estate agency and American estate agency is so far advanced from where we are here in England today is because they are not afraid to put their can can I can I swear on this podcast? It's yeah, approached. do it. It's, I'm not even sure if balls is a swear word anymore, but good morning, everyone. <laughs> balls, all right. Um, but they are not afraid to put their balls on the line when it comes to opening their mouth. They have that, um, they have a little bit of chutzpah to, to, to term an, uh, another phrase. And, and I think they are not afraid to put themselves out there. So I think one part of prospecting is giving people the courage to be able to pick up the phone and make those calls. Um, we're an immensely small company here and we're an immensely small team. Um, there's probably six or seven of us here on the, on the sales floor. And I sit with them um, and if, if they see you doing it, then they've got a bit more confidence to do it. One of the things that, that I am, I've heard from, not particularly in our industry, because I think we've been lucky over the past um, six months to a year because we've been allowed to operate fairly normally. Um, but new starters in any industry in the past 12 months have missed out on being able to hear their superiors 
making those telephone calls because that is part and parcel of the way that we learn and you can you can train somebody as much as as you want but there is no in my opinion anyway there's no replacement for that on the job training that you get from being sat next to sam hunter hearing him do his thing we, we have this conversation all the time um like internally because it is exactly that like where we just done our return to the office survey to understand where everyone like if if you're in london what do you want your split shifts to be basically when we're allowed and there's probably now 60 percent of our business i've never met in person yeah um which is just a crazy thing to sort of think about um and we we were sort of talking about how everything is formalized um so if i want to have a catch up with david mintz I've got a WhatsApp you and be like, do you want to have a chat? You know, and if we were working together, it'd be exactly the same as if you're in Manchester yeah. and I'm in London. Right. Whereas had we been in an office and doing the same sort of thing, I'd be like, Dave, do you want to get a coffee? You know, I've just heard you on the phone. And I, you know, there's, you know, subtle sort of coaching rather than management and every mm. little piece of advice feels like micromanaging, which sucks. And it's so not the best way of developing people, getting the most out of them, motivating them. And we, we sort of address that because it's something I really struggle with. Like, um, please take this the right way. I'm quite a touchy feely kind of leader. You know, I like yeah. you, we walk past somebody while they're doing work and you tap them on the shoulder. That's, that says so much more than sending them a Slack message. That's like, good morning, Mark, you're doing fantastic work. Just thought I'd tell you, thank you. Enter. You know? <laughs> I've never had that Slack message. Yeah. Well, you know, Slack. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I agree with you and it's, I hope, well, Certainly in small companies, the new starters have actually been able to be in the mixer, just potentially sound has been muffled through Perspex screens. Yeah. But we've got, um, you know, some of the bigger guys that we know that they have kept at home um, because it was, you know, if, if one got sick, everyone got sick sort of thing. Um, yeah, they knew people struggle to a point. Um, and it's a lonely place, isn't it? New, I think, new yeah, job I think, sitting I in think your bedroom. remote working is it's it's bliss for the first few days where you realize okay i can get away with doing my job wearing the same pair of pajamas that i've worn for the past three days and there's no chance these are ever coming off um <laughs> and you you kind of get comfortable with the fact that um you know for a couple of days that is okay and then uh, remote working can be an immensely lonely place where you are asking questions on the company chat just to get a response from another human being the fact that somebody you know micromanagement's one thing but the fact that nobody actually is able to have oversight of of your productivity makes you feel less productive because mm -hmm. you're the only one that knows that you've had a really great morning so um these are all the challenges that we're going to have to overcome when people get back to work like i say our industry it would be absolutely callous of me to sort of, you know, make out like we have not had it good. We have had it better than most. Um, there are firms of professionals out there in, in every industry that are, they've got bigger challenges and they're going to have to get back to work this week um, and learn how to communicate with one another um, without just grunting or typing a message. So th this is, um, this is a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got two questions for you. The first one was, I, I wrote down the first note that I made when you were talking before was that you really enjoyed the sense of responsibility that you were afforded when you started yeah. out. And I promise we'll stop talking about the start of your career at some point during this conversation. But um, I've sort of described uh, some new starters in a state agency as being a bit like um, somebody on their first day of pilot school being asked to land the plane. Yeah. Because so, you know, someone yeah, very much so, yeah, Dave, David Mintz has come in, you know, listed the property, photos are done, you know, social media campaign, we're on the portals, we've got great inquiry and suddenly it's like, can you just take the person around? Here's the keys. Yeah. And, you know, if they want to make an offer, take the offer. Um, <laughs> so when you said, you know, I enjoyed that sense of responsibility and once they realised that you weren't going to burn the house down, they let you go. Now you're, I would imagine, uh, while I'm confident saying this, like you're not like, a lot of estate agents now and i'm sure you weren't like a lot of new starters back then so what do you do to sort of help everybody land the plane early on in their career within your business uh, i think if you were to ask members of my staff what makes this company different 
internally um and i take great pride on this is is a sense of humor um it's essential it is essential for getting through life you're not going to last very long in this industry if you do not have a sense of humor and if you take yourself too seriously you're going to end up in a very bad place because the members of the public that we deal with <laughs> sometimes un they forget themselves they are dealing with the single biggest transactions of their life and they think you don't understand that so they they think that you don't understand that that this is their one and only chance to sell their mum's house and that this is all they've ever got coming to them in life in terms of inheritance or their future or what they're going to do with the money are they going to put the kids through college somebody needs to get married somebody needs a car it, there's so much that rides on the back of what you're doing um there are and and because we deal in life cycle events in, in this industry i think sometimes um the the customers obviously take it extremely personally and it becomes very emotive and yeah. so therefore they're not always polite they're not always friendly um and if you are to approach this without a sense of humor then you're you're simply going to have a bad day and i think in our office we we inject a little bit of humor into everything that we do which in terms of giving them the ability to to land that plane on on the first day it makes them understand that landing, <laughs> unlike landing a plane, making a small adjustment or not quite hitting the runway is not life and death in a state <laughs> yeah. agency, okay? You can um, pick up the phone to a vendor and say, hey, buddy, I need to tell you something. The advice that we just gave you five minutes ago, we, we've had another think about it. Here's another perspective on that. Um, it's not bad advice. It's just this maybe is a slightly better way of, of looking at it. Um, and, and I think that's okay. And I think once you introduce that into a business, they will understand that um, when you get thrown into the deep end, like I did, um, the good size of that is it's it's it is a steep learning curve. You do learn pretty quickly, and you and you develop a bit of resilience um, on that job. And I don't think you can ever replace that so much. So um, to get them through that, I think it's it's the spirit that they need, and they need they need to know that um, what we do here. Although some of my customers think we are the you know the third emergency service, um, we we aren't. There's there's nothing so urgent you know i've last week i had a client that called me four times in 10 minutes and by the end of that 10 minutes the last phone call, the last message left on my answer phone was i've called you now four times in the last hour i had to call them back and tell them it was actually just 10 minutes <laughs> but um the, the the point is to them they're going through a mini crisis it's the end of their their world it's the end of everything and you're you are essential at that point um, but we, we need to sort of take it all with a pinch of salt. You talked about it being um, your client's biggest transaction. And you also talked about not taking yourself too seriously. And um, I think anyone that's listened to your podcast or heard you on another podcast can probably attest to that. Would yeah. you say that that um, not taking yourself too seriously, although you were the most polite man to ever swear on, on this show just earlier, that not taking yourself too seriously, would you say that, that sort of built into the culture within your team and does that what you how you just described that ability to readjust advice and maybe not be scared to say hold your hands up we've made a mistake does that in your opinion help you um protect your clients biggest tax-free asset and help them through that single biggest transaction do you think yeah, I, I think it does. You know, um, very often I, um, and this will come as a shock to some of your listeners, I, I have those moments where I double, I have to double check myself and I, I overthink, you know, am I perceived as a bit of a clown sometimes? Do I joke too much? Am I, am I injecting too much levity into a situation? Do my clients appreciate it? Do the viewers appreciate it? Um and I think on the whole, I, I, I hit the mark more times than I miss it. Um, and so that, I think, I think you're right. My leverage of humor sometimes in particularly tense situations has 
has helped my clients more than it's hurt them over the years, for sure. Um, especially when you're in a situation where both client and buyer meet each other for the first time. Um, it is a beautifully awkward moment when that happens because uh, th- there's so much tension in, in, in that second there where they're meeting each other and the client's desperate to convey to the buyer that this is going to be the house of their dreams and it's going to change their fortunes. At the same time, uh, in the same breath, they're explaining how they're selling it because of a divorce and three deaths in the same place. Um, so, you know, th- there are times where humour really helps those situations glide along. And people, um, you know, if you were to look at the feedback that's left for me, sometimes I'd like to think, um, you know, that D- David made made this process. Um, what's what's the word? Manageable, but you know, he 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 made it bearable. Lighter than it probably was expected to be. Yeah, perhaps. yeah, I think so. That's an important skill, I think, and it is skill, you know, because you, you've got to read people. You're, I. I you know, had in my original intro for you that you were one of the funniest guys that I've ever spoken to. And then I didn't want to pump your ego up too much. Uh, so I just completely ripped it out. <laughs> you've done it now. Well, you've, yeah. you've just, you've just ruined that one. Thank yeah. you. And good night. I'm on that high note. I'm going to go. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, you, you pick your mark. There's going to be people where you're sitting down with that you can be jovial with. And there are others where, like you say, their world's crumbling around them and they just need somebody to listen and go, it's cool. I'll fix it. Yeah, 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 um, and yeah, and and not necessarily to belittle what they're doing or what they're going through, um, but I I think it's often overlooked. You know, we, we're talking so much about sort of mental health and awareness in our industry, and there's this massive drive at the moment, which I which I hope, by the way, is not only skin deep. I hope it's not just a, a fad um, that we're doing because it's trendy and cool at the moment. Um, and I hope it's enduring and that we, we've learned that you don't need masses and masses of professionals to help. You, you just sometimes need to pick up the phone and, and say, hey, buddy, if you feel like talking, let's talk. If not, that's also cool. We'll talk next time. But you know where I am. And, and so I hope that kind of um, I hope that kind of stays. Um, and, but we, we need to we need to one of the reasons why this industry can be tough on the individuals is because of life events that we are handling. It, it is not just like a therapist. You cannot sit there and listen to somebody's troubles and not be troubled by it. Um, so likewise, you cannot deal with deaths, divorces, births, um, you know, the full multitude of life cycle events. And, and to go on that emotional roller coaster with your clients every day without checking in with somebody at some point and mm-hmm. just sort of leveling off. And, and we need to, we need to take better care of ourselves on that score. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's, a, that's an excellent point, really having a handle on um, the mood of the, of the client. So I want to talk about sort of a little bit about the mood of, of your team and the mood within your office or remote working, however it's been over the last few months. How have you guys been relaying the message about the current market to your clients? And what is it that you're now telling them about the current market and the future prospects? Um, so I think probably one of the things I'm, I'm proudest of, um, of about my team and about the message that we put out there immediately following the, the lifting of the very first lockdown. So if I remember correctly, I think we were sent back to work on May the 19th. And that was when it was announced that estate agents could go, could go back to work. And that's almost a, a full year ago now. And it felt weird. It felt weird being the only ones out there. It felt weird being tr- entrusted without any guidance on how to do it mm. particularly safely. So we were making, for the most part, we were all making it up as, as we went along. Yeah. And, and, and in many cases that meant that we were overdoing it. We were overcautious, which is okay because, you know, in doing so, I think we've probably saved lives. Um, not, not to the same extent as any NHS workers, but, we, you know, we, we certainly have. I think the good agents have gone out of their way to, to make life um, easier and, 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 uh, and safer for people. But in terms of getting that message out there, um, I, and, and this is out of frustration, during that first lockdown, uh, you may have noticed um, that I did a lot of online content 
um, maybe a webinar once every hour with Simon Whale. We were interviewing somebody um, at some point and, and tremendously proud of what we achieved during that time. But one thing you all noticed was I never mentioned normies once in, in, in a three month period. And the reason for that was I was furloughed as, as a lot of my staff were. Um, my business partner is extremely conscientious. And when it comes to um, the HMRC and their interpretation of who is working during furlough, we were tremendously conscious that we did not want to um, put the message out there that David Mintz was still working for Normie or mm. during furlough whilst he wasn't meant to be working. So really, for me, I was I was pacing the floor like a like a like a racehorse that's not been allowed to go out on on, on the course. And so when May the nineteenth came. Uh, we we leapt out there and and I thought it was particularly um, I think pertinent to, to start broadcasting a message to the public that it is safe to move that we are still moving people that I particularly wanted them to hear that transactions that had been agreed pre-coronavirus were were completing and exchanging they needed to know that no, the world had not ended. Um, and none of my competitors at the time were doing that. We were the only company that was constantly, we did a weekly update for the first time. We were consistent with something for the first time in years, um, which was, you know, I did a weekly video update. It was about statistics. It was the number of viewings that we did. And that wasn't to brag. I know Chris Watkins doesn't like that sort of stuff, but it wasn't to brag. It was to say, look, 30 other people have seen houses safely this week. Why don't you go and see one next week? Um, you know, there's been um, 16 ex exchanges this month. Um, so that's 16 families that are going to, and I, I, I quantified it, that 16 families are going to be moving into their new home in the next month. And that's the key. You need to put it in terms that people can understand. Mm. And so the message that I got back in the, from um, vendors and people that had called us out to their properties during that time was i've seen your video updates i understand what's going on in the market you've told us that we can move you've told us that the market is still moving and so we generated a buzz on our own that was without the press hyping it up because they've the press only just recently got on board with all of this mm. and they they got to the party very late because of course good market doesn't sell newspapers um as well as a bad market does so uh, yeah I, i'm i'm pleased with you know mark in, in answer to that question in a very long-winded way i'm really pleased with the message that we put out there and what we communicated to the public um what we're communicating to the public now is is slightly different i no longer do those weekly updates with the numbers of exchanges and, and moves because it's all over the the newspaper and i don't think that um, we've, we've now switched to the tack that if you talk about it too much, the public resent that. They think, oh, you know, estate agents have had a really good time of it and, and, it's, uh, and it's not good for business. So we, we need, I, I think there's no, there's no shame in adapting and tapering your message to, to the time um, and to really sort of try and work out what it is the public need to hear at that, that moment. Um, but social media is just... It's a joy because if you if you are if you're using it correctly, you can get a message out there extremely quickly. Mm. I'd agree with that. Um, on on that note, then, um, and this might form part of your answer. I don't actually know if I was going to say if you're a friend of the show, so you know what's coming now. But I don't actually know if you're allowed to listen to to our our podcast. Um, I'm, 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 I pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's fine. I don't even know what we're doing. I just thought this is just a chat between me and you guys. I didn't realize this was even a podcast. It is. That's exactly just what it is. Just three oh, mates on. sitting you... in their underwear on Zoom on a Tuesday morning. You ask me whatever you want for your two listeners. <laughs> it's only one listener today. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's Tom McGee and Zoe Bywater. I think they're the, they're the constant listeners of every podcast that in in uh, in our industry. Um. So I'm going to ask you the same question that we ask everybody. I'm interested to hear your um, your views on it. And I hope there's a little yeah. bit of humour injected in there well. So David Mintz, to finish what I think has been actually a really wonderful discussion, um, what does world-class estate agency look like to you? World-class estate agency um, looks like 
it, it looks like not being afraid to do things differently. Um, if you want to, to do mediocre estate agency, I've got really good news for you guys. 90% of our industry is mediocre estate agency. Um, and you can walk into any estate agents in any pocket of England right now, and you'll find the old fashioned way of doing things. Um, but if you, you know, the 10% of the people that we all see on social media all the time, um, and that turn up to the awards and so on. So initially, you might think, oh, well, it's just it's just the same same people the whole time that get into the press. It's the same people that turn up to every event. It's the same people that care about this. I'm too, it, it's not. The reason is because actually, um, the, the reason you see the same names the whole time is that there are not a tremendous amount of people that are doing things particularly differently and, and in a special way. Um, once you step out of that um, and, and you stop trying to sort of conform to, to, to very boring norms, you will start to deliver a, a world-class service because you'll realize that it sort of gives you the, a little bit of flamboyance doesn't get, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody. Um, it's a little bit of salesmanship. It's a little bit of putting yourself out there. Um, I will tell you a, a story which is going to make me sound like I'm right up my own ass. But um, yesterday I took my daughter to um, to the hospital to see a consultant. Uh, everything's okay. I'm going to point out to the concerned listeners at home. Um, but we were there for a checkup. And as I'm walking down this very long corridor with her, um, a gentleman stops me and he sort of asked me how I am and, and, and so on. And she, she said to me, um, oh, how do you know that guy? I said, I've got no idea who he is, but I made, you know, I made polite conversation. He, he most certainly knew who I was. The way of the estate agent. And she said to me, oh, daddy, oh, daddy, you're so famous. And the truth, the truth is. The truth is, I can't walk down my local high street without getting recognised. I can't go into a local shop without them knowing, oh, this is the guy that does the property videos. It's the guy that does the bagel reviews. It's the guy that does... Because I tend to do things differently to my competitors over here because I'm not afraid to, to, to make a fool of myself or to, or to put myself out there. So to me... To, to be world class, and I'm not saying that I necessarily am, but the people that impress me the most do things differently. Um, and, and, and they have, you know, they've, they've bucked the trend. Um, I listened to Ryan Wolfenden and I've not stopped ripping it out of him. Uh, privately because of it. But I listened to him talking to Chris Watkins the other night and he was asked who his, you know, his mentors are, whose people that he looks up to. And one of the people that he um, uh, name checked in, in that long list of people was, was Perry Power. Um, and the reason that Perry Power is, is perhaps perceived as being an exceptional agent, part of it is that Perry is an exceptional agent. But part of it is because he looks and acts and does things like no other agent does. Mm. Just in the way that he dresses, the way that he talks. He does a lot of this hand stuff on, on camera, by the way, guys. Um, he's got a great, great estate agent's name. He's got, a, he's got an amazing name. Um, but he's also, he's not been afraid to implement things that, you know, he, he's got that, um, he's, he's got a van. Um, I think they called it the move, move machine. machine. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which they lent out to to client. They lend out to clients on on the day of their move. How amazingly awesome is that? I mean, you know, when I first heard of it, I, I sort of I sort of did the usual thing that I did. <laughs> That'll never catch on. But what's amazing is, I, if I was a client of his and I had to hire a van on the as most people do on on the day of the move, just to sort of get things backwards and forwards. Um, how cool is it that your agent can offer you that? How cool is it that your agent doesn't wear socks? Um, <laughs> only Perry Power can answer that. But, but that's the point. Perry will be remembered for that. And, and he sticks in my mind as an agent that perhaps does things slightly differently. So although I don't listen to all of his videos, I've listened to enough of them to know that really the, the, the message is that you, you should dare to be different. I agree with that entirely. And I think one of the reasons if, if we continue the Perry loving, you know, he's Perry Power selling houses. He's not a guy who turned into an estate agent. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think and, I, I think that's that that's true. You know, yeah. uh, there was if you said before you hope that um, the discussion around mental health is something that continues and is something that is, um, you know, taken a little bit more seriously rather than everyone just jumping on a bandwagon at the moment. And I I, I concur with you entirely. And I think the trend or whatever it was before that was everyone's like just be yourself be authentic and authenticity almost lost its meaning because everyone was trying to be as authentic as that guy was by being as weird as them or by doing the same sort of stuff as them or by using the same hand movements and cameras and stuff as they were online so the trick is to actually you know be yourself and whatever you do you know you would be david mintz you know funny charming genuine if you were selling cars, just as you would be selling houses. But, but it I mean? takes, I think the message here to all new starters is it takes time for that to come out. If you would have caught up with me 20 years ago, you would have been speaking to a very different David Mintz. And in fact, um, my business partner will tell you there's been a distinct change in me in the past, in over the past 10 years in terms of, you know, confidence, um, the willingness to open my mouth and to say things and to put myself out there um but i'll continue to do that as long as it benefits um obviously the the community um that i i help so yeah i'm an estate agent first and foremost that's how i put food on the table at home um but I, i live within a um within an area and a community that i give a lot of personal time to as well so i i've i've spent hours over the past um over lockdown um running a a local community show every sunday night where we 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 tackle topical subjects so running a a bit of a talk show um and doing bits and pieces but the, the the point is once you sort of gain that confidence and you can go out there all of us step up to it when we're in the room um pitching to a client you don't notice that you're doing it but you are on stage at that point that is your comfort zone because you have trotted through your your pitch several times um but take a little bit of that and sprinkle it all over your life um and understand that you you sometimes need to to put on a a face and you do need to 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 perform a little bit everywhere and people will start to notice you i love that yeah, I do as well. David, thank you very much. Um, it's been, as I said before, it's been a wonderful chat um, and we're really grateful um, for you giving up your time, even though it has half their listener numbers um, in one episode. Sorry uh, about that, guys. All the best and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And that's a thank you once again to David Mintz from Normie Co for joining us on today's podcast. Um, I've never spoken to David before. Sam, but I've heard him on the niche podcast that I'm not going to mention so that it doesn't get any of our listeners. Um, but he clearly has, a, clearly a very funny guy who has the ability to move between serious and um, funny as he needs to. And that clearly has really helped him build the personality um, that now sees him walk down his his high street and in the words of his daughter, um, be, view, be viewed as famous. But I thought that was you know, a really interesting chat someone who's got a lot of experience in the industry doesn't take himself too seriously which I thought was um, really interesting that he talked about that within what what effectively is the culture of his business and he came back to mention it world class agency um, probably not something that enough agents do enough of I would I would, uh, I would say yeah I mean there was a point at the start of that conversation where he said um, you've got to have a sense of humour you know um, yeah. because you're dealing with people who as as david quite rightly said are really emotive um yeah you know they it's it is life or death for them i think is is what he sort of said there you know and and, and david said so much rise off the back of how well you perform in terms of how mm-hmm. well you can do their job the advice you're giving them the price that you advise them to go to market at the offer that you say is the right one to take the buyers that they go with etc that if you can't um level that off with a bit of humor to allow them to know that yeah it's, we're taking this seriously as well but we're all human beings and we're all in this together and you know what mm-hmm. if, if if things don't go exactly as they're planned well that's what i'm here for you know because things haven't gone as planned for other people in the past and we've handled it even though it was the first time for them it's the first time you it's my you know in 22 years there's probably twenty two thousand properties that he sold, mm. you know, or 2,200 maybe 
rather than 22,000. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, you never know. He's the king of North Manchester. Who, who knows? So, I, I yeah, as I sort of, we were just having a, a chat with David off air and I, I thought it was a, a really just natural conversation around how he's built a career, um, the confidence that he has and the, the uh, I, yeah, I think confidence is the right word that he has in who he is and his ability now and the value that he brings to people day in, day out. Um, and that's what happens over time, you know? Um, and I think he's probably, we, we didn't dive into the training and development and sort of skill development as much as, as we sort of usually do when we talk to agents on the show, but it's clear that he's picked up a lot of good habits along the way. Mm. Um, but he's just turned them into how can David Mintz use this best? Not, I don't read a book and I'm like, right, I have to get up at 5am in the morning and have my green shake and do all this and, you know, be the best that I can be. It's, okay, this is really useful for my community and my clients. How do I David Mincify it? You know, and I think that's probably the really key lesson that anyone can sort of take out of that. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was really interesting that he talked about the change in himself personally and the confidence um, that he's developed over the last 10 years. And I think that's a really interesting point for um, anyone that's perhaps listening to this and thinking, I'm not comfortable putting myself out there like like David puts himself out there and and all of that 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 doesn't just happen overnight. It's a slow um, journey to get to that point. Um, but he said that you you know the industry isn't for shrinking violets. Yeah. You you know you have to be heard. That doesn't necessarily I don't think mean that you have to be loud, but you have to be heard. Um, and that confidence and willingness that he talked about to put yourself out there, I don't think just develops overnight. You don't just wake up one morning. Not if you're going to do it authentically, as we talk about so so much. You don't just wake up and say, right, I'm going to get behind video. I'm going to do five videos a week, every week for the next year. And um, it's going to be completely me. Because inevitably, if you just you know try and turn a switch like that, not only is it really hard to, to build the consistency that we talk about so often that you need, but it's, you know, it will be really hard to make that performance, as David talked about it, be authentic in, in, um, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree with that entirely. You know, um, I think when when he was talking about you know some estate agents are just louder than everybody else because they have to be, um, mm. that was probably one of the few um, points in that conversation that I didn't know if I entirely agree with. And I think you've just exactly hit the nail on the head there. You've got to be um, present. You know, you've got to be mm -hmm. visible. Um, I think too many agents make the mistake of going to loud. Um, rather than than visible and around. And if you come back to, um, we were having conversation off air uh, about the bagel reviews that David does, you know, so he'll go and review all the local bagel shops around there and give everyone an idea. Now that's him being visible. It's not him being loud. Him being loud would be if he was stood out front of the house that he just sold saying, we've just sold this. We had 18 buyers yeah. through and we got this price. It's another record sale for Normie, blah, blah, blah. So he's he's being himself. He's being engaging. He's being visible, but he's not necessarily... Um, you know, being loud in the sense of it's just going to end up pissing people off. And I think that was really something that sort of you can take away from that as well. The other key part that I found really interesting was um, in terms of the marketing that he's done over the last eight months. And, and he said a term that was like, make sure that your marketing or your messaging is in terms that people can understand and that actually relates to them. So again, um, I, I agree with him. I love it. You know, you've got to talk about your results if you're getting them um, because mm. you, one, you should be proud of them, um, but you've got to put it in context. So we've got a bit of marketing that's going out this week with us. And it's a similar thing. We're, we're not saying how good we are and how many new people we signed up and all that stuff. We're talking about the success stories that agents have seen from us, you know, how many valuations they get week in week out from doing stuff. And for David to then turn it around and say, we helped 16 families move home last month, you know? I, and, and how mem memorable is that? So 16 exchanges. And I think we both wrote down 16 families moving into the new home. I wouldn't have remembered 16 exchanges, but I remember the 16 um, new families. And then just to further that on, he talked about then adapting and tapering your message to the time. So he's putting out a different message now to what I was putting out when lockdown was was lifted the first time and i'm sure that your message that you're putting out in your marketing um 
really resonates with he he said what do the public need to hear yours would be what do agents need to hear i'm sure that your message is very time specific so i thought you know put your message into terms that people understand you know makes a lot of sense and then adapt and take that message to to the time i thought that was like you i thought that was really 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 good advice um i also thought that david's um humor and his ability to not take himself too seriously was a really good point that a lot of agents could take from that podcast to help them avoid the bad days you know he's, he's been doing it a long time he knows the importance um he talked about it being the single public single biggest transaction and um, that they don't think you understand but he also talked about the troubles that some estate agents can have because they take on people's stress and that's probably yeah. something that you know, we talked about talking about mental health and, and what have you but that reason is probably not talked about enough in this industry because people um unload at you you know if you're in the sales progression um part of the team you take on the stress that you know people inevitably are under because in my opinion you know this we don't work in a in a, in a perfect market you know far far from it so i thought that was a really good point to not take yourself too seriously to try and avoid those bad days yeah you've got to i mean bad days are just a reality of life i think yeah um, and it's it's how you persist through them um and sometimes persistence looks like going stuff this and having a, a, a duvet day you know um <laughs> sometimes that's genuinely the best thing that you can do um i don't subscribe to the mentality of, of always having to trudge through the shit sometimes it's better to reset and go again the next day or you know if you're struggling with something step away from five minutes go for a walk whatever it is but if you can look at it through a, a lens of like a bit of humor not take yourself too seriously like uh, like david said you know um in estate agency terms, landing the plane, you can avoid a few mishaps along the way, like you can push mm. the wrong button. And it was really quite clear yeah. from that, that um, I, I don't think we probably highlighted this enough, but you could see his leadership qualities on show there. But when he answered that question, you know, so he's happy to call somebody up who's potentially just being given not wrong advice, but not the best advice they could have been given and correct it as, as mm -hmm. part of what he does within that business. Um, and, you know, coming down to world-class agency and his answer and stuff like that, that is, that's world-class being able to say, Hey, you just heard this. Well, actually, I think this is probably the reality of the situation. And it's kind of my job to make sure that everyone's getting the best that they can be. And that comes back to where, um, he started the conversation and anyone who's listening to this is looking to hire, um, new people into their business. You could do worse than to listen to the first 30 seconds of of his answer about what he really liked about starting an agency where he said he enjoyed the sense of responsibility that it gave him ask people in their first week what whether they enjoyed the responsibility that you've given them or better yet give mm -hmm. them some to start with um that'll tell you whether they're going to go on to have a long and successful career not just as an agent in your business but in anything that they want to do because that's kind of the secret to getting good at you know if you do something long enough you persist in something long enough you're guaranteed to get better at it but you will only persist mm -hmm. if you enjoy you know the responsibility that comes with it the challenge that comes with it the rewards that come with it as well um and and i think you could tell he you know he was always going to be successful whatever it was but it just happened to be a state agent because he he was that kind of person that enjoyed that sense and that's what i think shines through in why his business is doing so well now and who he is now and the opportunities that is, are afforded to him and why he gets recognized, you know, in the corridors as the famous guy of the internet, you know, because he does, he takes that responsibility, but doesn't, it doesn't let him overcome him. He has a bit of fun with it. He enjoys it, but he remains professional and authentic at all times. So yeah, that was a great chat. Yeah. I, I, I just want to come back to the, the leadership just very quickly before, um, we, we we wrap up Sam because one of the things that I thought real I've got a star next to this on, on my pad because I bet there's not very many leaders within a state agency business that um will lead the way on the prospecting and allow the team to learn from the leaders. So we related that back to, you know, that's not been happening that much at the moment. But I thought that was, you know, just a subtle point. He didn't make it, you know, to pump his own tires up or anything like that. Um, but he said that staff have got to see the leaders do the prospecting and it just, you know, made made me think you know no one's ever above 
picking the phone up and you know doing the hard yards and sometimes the staff have to see that so I thought that was um you know a really interesting point with it within that um just finally he talked about off air um about his bagel review because I said oh I've never seen the bagel review I'll have to go on and, ha- and have a look at that and he said that he wanted to you know get out there the message that local people love watching places they've been to so get outside and support the local businesses um over over you know the next few weeks months and, and and years but do it without do it um with your character i think that's mm. you know the big message that that we can um we can we can look at stop conforming to the very boring norms as he as he, as he talked about so yeah a really interesting chat um a fantastic character i i massively enjoyed it so you know thank you once again david for your time for joining us today and as you know we do this because we love our industry we want to see it um, improve and get better so please like um, and, and share today's episode and discuss it with colleagues. Um, I'm Mark Wall. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much. We'll see you again next week.